This is Ready Radio, preparing you to be ready for anything. Now, here's your survival guide for Ready Radio, John Rush. All right. And I am your host, John Rush, Ready Radio, KLZ 560. It is a live show today, February the 17th of 2023. A lot has happened in the last week or two since I was on with you guys live. Uh, We've had several different events from more Chinese balloons being shot down to train derailments to Joe Biden claiming that UFOs are the reason uh, why you're seeing some of the things that we're seeing happen, which, by the way, is probably one of the most, um, how should I say, um, outlandish things I think any president could ever say. Now, some of you listening, maybe you believe in UFOs. I don't. I'm not one of those guys. Now, when it comes to UFO being an, an unidentified flying object, oh, okay, well, there's lots of those. But UFOs, when it comes to extraterrestrials and coming from other planets and all that nonsense, that's exactly what it is. Nonsense. Utter nonsense. I should have had the little clip that, that uh, Uncle Joe was talking about ready. I didn't really think about it until a minute or two ago. Regardless, you can go out and find it. I don't need to take time and play it. I only have an hour on this particular program, and I may go ahead and play that next week on Rush to Reason. Bottom line, as I get started in today's program, a lot of things going on. You've got to be prepared. You have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow, Sunday, or next week, or next month, or next year. Reality is you've got to be ready for anything that may come along. The folks back in Palestine, in that Ohio area, do you think they thought they'd be in the situation they're in right now when it comes to contaminated drinking water, the clouds, the air they're breathing, on down the line we go. I guarantee you, the day before that derailment, they would have said, oh, no big deal. Going about life as usual. And then something like that happens. And real quick, as a side note, and some of you wanted me to talk about this yesterday on Rush to Reason. I didn't get a lot of time to to talk about this particular topic, so I will now. That train derailment is a big, big deal that is being downplayed by everyone from The government, the EPA, the Tree Hugger Environmental Union itself. Yeah, call those guys. They're all part of the same union. Is there really an environmental union? Well, not really, but there might as well be. They all pay dues. Bottom line, you're being told or people there are being told it's no big deal. Well, let me tell you what. I've seen enough video and things from individuals that are posting things. That's the one beautiful thing about social media. It's pretty hard anymore for big government to hide things. Now, they can suppress things through social media and big tech, like we saw when it came to things like COVID, the vaccines, and so on, but it is really hard for them to suppress every single thing that comes out. And there's a lot of information coming out on things that have happened since that the first, there's been three train derailments, but the first derailment in that Ohio Valley area where literally it looked like a nuclear bomb went off with the fires that were burning from that, from the chemicals, basically a petrochemical train. And, and again, you, you, you see folks like Pete Buttigieg running around blaming Donald Trump and others. It's just lunacy, by the way, total lunacy. Is it terrorism that causes the derailments? Is it the, the, the uh, Pacific Union, the, the, rail, the, you know, the rail companies, Burlington Northern and so on? Is it 
them not spending money on infrastructure like they should and cutting back in areas they shouldn't? Is it a combination of the two? I don't know, folks. I don't have an answer. To have three you know, major-type events happen that close to one another, I would almost say that while infrastructure can start to deteriorate, the chances of those happening, boom, 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 are pretty slim. Now, I read some things as well that there's train derailments that happen every day across the country. I, I, you know, I get that. I understand that. Things happen. Again, because of either not spending it on infrastructure, not having enough you know, personnel. Some of the folks that work for the railroads will tell you that there's just not enough personnel to do the things that they want to do, and that's why there's a backlog of rail cars at times, and the rail's not getting delivered like it should, and on and on we go. Different conversation probably for a different day. Bottom line, things are happening with the railways. Are we going to see more of it? Folks, I don't know. I don't have any idea. Some of you might say, well, what type of you know, problems would we see on the railways here in our area, Colorado, Wyoming, and so on? It's, we don't have as much of the petrochemicals running around like they do on the East Coast because we don't have those plants here where that raw material needs to be delivered. So we don't have a lot of that. We get a lot of freight, a lot of coal, a lot of oil, fuel at times, but... We don't have quite the risk in that area that the folks back there do. The other thing, too, is, as you notice, we don't have quite the amount of, of rail that runs through here like there are in other parts, in, you know, like, like the East Coast. That's where everything started, of course. Everything started there, moved west. We have major tracks that run freight, you know, east, west, north, south. But we are definitely not like it is. And, and Charlie grew up in that Ohio area, so Charlie can attest to this. We don't have near the rail that they have in those areas. We don't have the roads they have in those areas. And they move a lot of things in those areas a lot of different ways. Rail, water, river, lakes, um, highways, of course, trucking, and so on. So bottom line, got to be alert, got to be paying attention to what's going on. Are these terrorist-type things that are going on? Uh, folks, I'm not conspiratorialist. You guys all know that. It's just not me. But you got to wonder at times, are some of these things diversions from our own government to take our eye off of the ball in other areas because they don't want us seeing what's happening over here, so let's look over there instead? I don't know the answer to that. I really don't. I can tell you this. To have our president think that we're dumb enough to believe some of what's happening is because of UFOs, you know, in some sort of an alien invasion, if you would, is just ridiculous. In my opinion, absolutely, that's just that's just lunacy. That's the kind of stuff psychotic people say, I think. Now, again, some of you listening may believe in UFOs. I've had that conversation on, on my daily program in the past, and folks have called in, and I know it sometimes I'm odd man out when it comes to that, but no, I don't believe there's other life forms on other planets. I don't believe that there's aliens that are going to invade. I don't believe that some aliens put us on this planet at one time and now they're back to see how we're doing or, you know, re- retrieving us or whatever the case. I mean, all that stuff's just nonsense, fiction. It's just, it's just utter nonsense. It's the things that movies are made of. Good movies, by the way, but things movies are made of. So, no, I'm a realist. You guys know that. I look at things in a very real manner. I, I see no proof, never have. I don't think you ever will. 
I know you never will, that there's any kind of alien life form out there. It just doesn't exist. So is it used in a lot of ways as a distraction at times to different things? Absolutely it is. And this particular administration does a very good job of using those sorts of things as distractions. And anything they can get a hold of to use as a distraction, they definitely will. That's, that's what this administration does. Sorry, that's just what they do. And, uh, and really not sorry because I'm really not, uh, you know, am I, am I pointing fingers? Yes. Rightfully so. So, again, bottom line, be prepared. I started reading something here before I came on air today, which I knew, I knew this ahead of time anyways. I talk about it on the other programs, plural. Because it's very important whether it's on the car side of the fence, what's happening around the house, or just your day-to-day life. And this was something I just was, was uh, hit my inbox here just before coming on air. Amid the ongoing economic uncertainty, inflation and concerns over a possible recession, which, by the way, we've already been in one, it's not surprising that Americans are thinking about how to improve their financial wellness. And we'll talk a little bit about that in today's program. According to a recent survey... Americans almost unanimously, 93%, view financial wellness as important, and I believe that as well. Yet, more than two in five, 43%, don't feel financially stable, and nearly one-third, 29%, have less than $500 in emergency savings. The first step towards building confidence and financial security is a fully funded emergency savings account to cover three to six months of living expense. And there are incremental achievable steps to take in each one of these goals. And again, this was something that was sent to me by a potential guest that wants to come on. Of course, I've got Al Smith during the week, Golden Eagle Financial, or if you need anything along these lines, he's more than willing to help any and all of you out there. And you can find him on uh, on the RushToReason.com website, by the way, if you want to find him there. Bottom line, a third of Americans, think of that. A third of American adults that are you know, living, have a job, paycheck to paycheck, all that. A third of them. So if you're looking at the line in Costco, and there's eight or nine people in line, pick out three people. They don't have $500 to their name. Don't have it in savings. If something major came along, they have no ability to handle that kind of an emergency. When we talk about preparedness and being ready for those quote-unquote what-ifs of life, this is one area you really should focus on. And I will tell you this. My feeling is that is as important as anything else we talk about on a weekly basis. Whether that be figuring out how to communicate, how to have the right food, how to have the right vehicle, water, all these other things. And yes, it's a balancing act and a combination between all of these things to make sure you have what you need. But if you're not financially where you need to be, that should be one of your number one goals for 2023. How do I become financially stable? Now, am I Dave Ramsey and telling you to get all your debt paid off and you can't have any fun in life? No. Although Dave's a great guy. I think Dave serves a great purpose for certain individuals. I'm not knocking him. Does his method work for every single person out there? Um, maybe. Maybe. Again, I'm not as stringent as Dave in some of those areas. But I will say this. If you want any advice on how to get ahead and how to get out of where you're at now and move to the next level, 
Dave Ramsey, and I'm not putting a commercial in for him, but he has great material. And there's a lot of the little uh, Charlie. Do they call they have them at churches in different places. He'll have little seminars like Dave Ramsey U or something along those lines. I can't remember exactly what the name is, but he'll hold little seminars. A lot of churches and things will do the financial U. I think it's called, if I'm not mistaken. Financial freedom. Yes, thank you, Charlie. I think that's right. Financial freedom. And there's little university-type things they'll do, and they'll be over a six-, eight-week time frame. And, and different organizations will have them, churches and nonprofits and so on. If you ever see one of those and or you want to know where one's at, I'm sure you can go to Dave's website, find him there. Bottom line, if you don't know or if you don't feel like you're financially secure and you don't have $500 to be able to handle those those emergencies that may come along, that is by far one of the first things you should be looking at. And some of you would say, well, how do you do that? Well, first things first. What is it you have around your home you don't need? In other words, if you had a big garage sale or you put stuff on Facebook Marketplace or whatever the case may be, how much money could you round up by getting rid of the non-essentials in your world? All of us have them. Trust me, I know that for a fact. Unless you're homeless... You're living out of one of these tents I see along 225 down this neck of the woods in Aurora. Unless you're one of those people, you got stuff you don't need. We all do. I do. You do. We all do. So one of the first things folks need to do when they start looking at this financial security end of things is, what don't you need anymore? On top of that, what are you paying for you shouldn't? Do you have full bore Dish Network, DirecTV, Comcast, whatever it is, highest speed possible of ups and, you know, up speed, you know, uh, uploads, downloads, all of the different programming when it comes to television and so on. And if you don't have $500 to your name, you don't need that either. Cancel it. Go without, which, by the way, you can do. I do it. I don't do it because I couldn't afford it. I'm kind of the opposite. I could afford cable. And Dish and so on. I just wasn't watching it enough to justify the price. And frankly, didn't find enough there to watch to justify it. So I, I got rid of it. Charlie remembers, you know, he, he and I, and Charlie was a big help in that because I learned through him some of the things you can watch for free that I was paying for. So I made the, the big step about a year and a half ago and said no more. And I call it cut the cord, call it whatever you want, but I did without. And what I've learned is there isn't anything I've missed. If I need to watch something, I can find a way to watch it. State of the Union the other night. It was on. I had to do that for you know homework for the other show and so on. I was able to watch the entire State of the Union, and I do not have cable or satellite. All of that are through the different apps that are either on a Fire Stick or the Samsung TV has them built in. You have the ability to go find those things pretty much anywhere. There are some really convenient uh, what I would call pretty minimal subscriptions you can subscribe to that really give you all the basics you would need. And when I mean minimal, 10 bucks a month. 15 maybe max. Some as little as 5 And even if you had two or three of those and you spent $30 a month, that's a far cry from 120 to 150 which is what most of your cable and dish services are going to charge you for a full, pa- you know, a full channel package. So that's one area. On top of that, you just start going through your budget. What are the things we do, as a family even, that we no longer need to be doing? What can we consolidate? Do we have a car we don't use anymore? Do we need the car we have now? Do we need the payment on the car we have now? Can we go to a used car that's paid for? On and on we go, folks. I can run down the list of things that would help most individuals get ahead and stay ahead. 
the key to this, what I've learned through the years, is it's like my health and wellness hour on Wednesdays. You have to decide to do it. No one can force you to. It's like getting off drugs, stop drinking, or lose weight. To be financially secure is a decision you have to make to move forward and do so, or it's not going to happen. But this goes along with the whole preparedness thing we talk about here on a weekly basis. Because if you can't handle some of the small things in life that come along, how do you think you're going to handle some sort of a major catastrophe that might happen? That, by the way, we're starting to see more of. That's my fear. And I don't live in fear. Not at all. You can ask you know, any of my family members, my wife especially. I'm not a guy that lives in fear. But am I a guy that lives with a watchful eye, you know, kind of sleeping with one eye open, if you would, to make sure that everything's going the way it's supposed to? And if anything needs to be adjusted, you can do that on the fly? Yes, that's me. I don't run around not having fun and being fearful day to day, but am I watching what's going on? Absolutely, and you should be as well. I just got a text message from somebody when it comes to the distractions coming out of our White House. Um, makes you ask. This is, this is coming right from you as a listener. This came on the text line. This many distractions sure makes you ask, what are they planning for next? Yeah, I'm in that same boat. I agree with you on that. What's coming next? I don't know, folks. I said this the other day about China, and I'm going to say it about this current administration. There's an old saying, and it's a true statement. Desperate people do desperate things. Desperate countries do desperate things. Desperate administrations like the one we have now, and yes, they're very desperate, do desperate things. Because they know their days are numbered if they don't do something to change course. This administration knows that. They can see the polling. They can see even what happened in this last election, even though it didn't go as well as they planned, or our side, it didn't go as well as planned. They still lost. The other side still lost. Look at what's going on in the, in the, uh, you know, in the House right now. They don't control it. I'm sure... Watching the State of the Union, they, it, just, it just grinded on them to see McCarthy sitting behind the president instead of Pelosi. So trust me, we gained some ground the last go-around. My point is desperate people, desperate countries, desperate administrations do desperate things. What are those desperate things? I don't know. I just know they do desperate things. This same texture said, way too many chemical spills to be coincidental. There's been a couple of semi-trucks as well. This is planned maybe to have Pfizer, uh, maybe to say Pfizer from the jab lawsuits, chemical spills cause cancer and organ failure. Who knows what's going on right now? I just know this is being caused. That was the texture that sent this in. I, I can't disagree with that. And, and what is the cause? And is it to cover up some of the things when it comes to the vaccine and some of the lawsuits they may come out of that and so on? Folks, I have no idea. Do I trust our government right now? Not an ounce. And I will say this all the way to the local level. I'm sorry if you're somebody that's at local government and you're listening to me. I don't even trust local government anymore. Not after talking with Tara Lynn Romero, who we've been interviewing now, who's got land and a little, little house, by the way, not much land, 0.8 of an acre in Kittredge, Colorado, where Jeffco's trying to steal a portion of that land. Do I even trust local government? Not one bit. They are all in this for themselves, and they will do anything they possibly can to screw you and I. Yes, they will. They do not care about you and I. They'll act like they do on the campaign trail. At the end of the day, they only care about one thing, themselves and their, and their cronies. And that's it. 
So trust me when I say that. Do not, I repeat, do not trust government. Not any way, shape, or form. They will use you up and spit you out the other side and not think twice about it. That's government. Shouldn't be that way because we're supposed to control government. Problem is, we've abdicated those responsibilities and we don't do it like we should. And there's too many people voting that are, frankly, on the take. And it's hard to overcome those elections when you've got that many people that are actually on the government dole voting for more. Once you get on government cheese, it's hard to get off. Especially when you can keep voting yourself on it. Therein lies part of the problem we have right now. So again, what's happening with all these derailments and so on? I don't know. All I know is we've got to be prepared. You have to be prepared. As I started off with, you've got to be financially prepared as well. I'll talk a little bit more about that when I come back. How much should you have set aside? Should you have some cash? Should you have some gold, silver, some of those things? I'll give you my perspective on that as soon as we come back. This is Ready Radio. Don't forget Stack Optical. One thing you need to be prepared for is your eyes, your eyesight, being able to see in any kind of condition. In some cases, some of you need different type of eyewear depending upon what you're doing. Alan Stack at Stack Optical can do all of that. They've even got a great optometrist on site. They can do your eye exam for you. It's very inexpensive to do that as well. You name it, they can do it. And all of the work that is done on the lens is Alan does himself on site. So again, he can design a lens to fit whatever need you have going on and even do that in multiple ways. Just go to Stack Optical, 303-321-1578. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. You need a roof that is going to keep you and yours protected from the Colorado elements this winter. But having a reliable, functioning roof doesn't mean you should have to compromise your bank account. Here at Roof Savers Colorado, we try to save every client from the expense of a costly replacement with a rejuvenation treatment. This 100% plant-based product gives you new roof performance without new roof costs. But sometimes a replacement is absolutely necessary. With over 20-plus years of roofing experience, we believe in helping you determine the right solution for your family. For any roofs that do not qualify for the treatment, we work with your insurance so you can get the replacement you need. Contact Dave Hart, owner of Roof Savers Colorado today, and he will inspect your roof to see if it qualifies for the treatment. Call 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCO.com today to ensure your family is protected. 
Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and, in most cases, an indoor shop to perform the calibrations. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. All right, we are back. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. By the way, anything you want to learn on Ready Radio, just go right to the website. Producer Ann does a great job of keeping us up to date on that as well, when her and I are communicating as we speak. It's ready-radio.com. Ready-radio.com. And Charlie was talking to my, in my ear a moment ago, and, and I probably didn't use the right description a moment ago about standing in the line at Costco and pick out three of, you know, nine or ten people that those are the three people around you that don't have $500 to their name. Costco's probably not the right example because you got to buy a membership and you're usually doing a little bit better and you're planning ahead and you've you've got some things you're doing that have enabled you to be there in the first place. So I probably should have said Walmart or a number of other outlets that you can, probably even the grocery store at times. So Costco probably not the right the right example. Bottom line. 30% of Americans do not have $500 to their name. And by the way, I believe this wholeheartedly. These will be the same 30% that, unlike me and others out there, a lot of you listening, I don't trust the government. The folks that don't have $500 to their name probably do. Now, I know I'm making a little bold statement there, but I'm probably not wrong in that. They're relying on someone else to help them be self-sufficient. We're not. Now, here's something else I know. Because this, I think, applies to everyone. I doubt if this one I'm going to be wrong on. Every one of us has family members that you could take some of this information to and try to benefit them. Because we've all got family members that struggle in one way or another with something. Whether it be with substance abuse, financial abuse, where they don't have $500 to their name either, or a full trust of the government, you name it, guaranteed, all of us have at least, at least one, if not more, family members that struggle in a particular area that could benefit from the things we talk about here on a weekly basis. Now, some of you that have really, really small families, and maybe we're pretty well-to-do, may not apply to you, but I don't know too many of those folks out there. Most of us have people in our families we know that could use this advice. Sometimes it could be us. Sometimes we got to go look in the mirror and say, hmm, yeah, I need to be checking things out a little differently. I got a call in, too, that said, thank you for talking about the distractions going on right now. And yes, folks, I do believe they're huge distractions. I, again, I cannot say for certain because I don't know. I don't have any inside track. Are the Chinese balloons that continue to come through 
Now they've slowed down, of course, but there for a while we had, what, three, four, five of them? Was that something designed, done in, you know, don't, done in some sort of a, a, you know, in cohorts with the Chinese government? I have no idea. Again, here's my problem. I don't trust our government at all. They have lied to us from day one about COVID. They have lied to us about the vaccines. They are still lying to us about the vaccines. They lied to us about masks and social distancing and all of the things involving COVID. There isn't anything yet they've told us the truth about. So why would I or anyone else out there believe anything they say? That's the problem, by the way. This is another subject for another day. But as leaders, any of you that are running businesses, companies, maybe you're in a management position, whatever, this is the problem when you lie to people that many times over and over and over again, you lose your credibility. So even if you do start telling the truth, no one listens. That's our current government. If you didn't get a chance to watch the State of the Union, you should watch it in its entirety because the president did nothing but lie to the American public for an hour and, I don't know, six to ten minutes, whatever it was, about an hour and ten minutes. About 80 minutes, well, not quite 80, 70 minutes, I want to say. It was like 70, 75 minutes, something like that. Bottom line, he lied the entire time. So I go back to, if you can't trust the government, who can you trust? Well, that becomes a very small number of of people typically, and we're starting that here at Ready Radio. Can you trust the things I'm telling you? Folks, I do my very, very best to not mislead anyone any way, shape, or form, and if I find out I've said something that turns out to not be true or wrong or whatever, I will be the first one to tell you. And really upstanding people do that. Dr. Drew the other day, he came out and told his audience, Charlie was telling me about this a moment ago, told his audience that I was wrong, I was duped, I was told everything about the vaccine was going to be safe, this, that, and the other, and boy, I was wrong, and I pushed him in the beginning, and I was completely wrong, and I ask your forgiveness for being wrong. That's a stand-up guy that'll do that. Most won't, by the way. Most will just move on, not worry about it, not say another word, and off they go. So I do my very best to make sure that you guys all, you, you know, you folks, guys, gals, both, have the proper information on a routine basis so that you can utilize that in your own lives to, A, not only make your lives better, but the lives of the folks that are around you as well, including your own family. So really quick, back to the financial end of things. How do you get more financially secure? Make wise choices. Every single thing you buy, make it a wise choice. And what do I mean by that? Wife and I were talking about this just before I came down here. Let's say you've got a big purchase coming up and you know it's, I don't know, you got to paint the house. Get three bids. If you need a good painter, I've got a great painter, by the way. But if you need, if, you know, you should still be getting three different bids. If you're out looking for furniture, don't just go to the first furniture place. Shop around a little bit. See what's out there. What kind of deals can you make? By the way, Costco, we were talking about that a moment ago, has really decent furniture at times as well. I don't know where they get the stuff, but I've owned some of it in the past, and it's really no different than anything else you'd buy. Again, be wise 
with your purchase. I talk a lot about this on Drive Radio when it comes to your vehicle. Keep the things that you have maintained. Yes, it sounds like it's expensive on the front side. It's not because what you put in on the front side saves you on the back side. And most people don't realize that. And a lot of even auto repair shops and dealerships won't tell you that. We talk a lot about that on Drive Radio. If you've never heard it, listen to us tomorrow from 10 to 2 or 10 to 1. Sunday, 11 to 2. We talk about a lot of those different things. The other thing, never buy a car on a Friday or Saturday night. Especially Friday night. Some of you say, why? What difference does that make? You're tired. You've worked all week. You're going to the dealership this time of the year at dark. You can't even see the vehicle that you really want to buy. You typically will get roped into buying something you didn't want to buy in the first place. And in the state of Colorado, once you sign on the dotted line, there's no going back. A lot of folks in this state have this misconception. And for some of you that are transplants that have moved in from another state, in Colorado, there is no right of recension on buying a car. It, this is not like door-to-door sales, where you can get a, a retraction of a deal. You can't do that on a car. You sign the dotted line, even if you don't hop in the car and drive it off the lot, you own it. Once you're in that finance department and you've signed all the documents, it's your car. If you never put your bottom in the seat, you still own it. Some of you are thinking, that there's no way that can be possible. It is, folks. It's the law in Colorado. If you never drove it off the lot and said, no, I don't like that car. I want a different one. Sorry, you own that car. You'd have to go through a whole process of having that car evaluated on the price and the trade and so on. And yes, its value's already gone down because you just bought it, even though it didn't drive anywhere. And some of you would say, well, why is that? Because it's now a used car. They can't just tear up the paperwork and say, see ya. No. They have to sell that car now as a used car. So again... Make wise choices when it comes to purchases. I was rolling through some things today, just looking at, you know, utility bills and things along those lines and thinking, okay, you know, where can we, my wife and I, it's just the two of us, but, you know, where can you cut back on different things and save money in different areas? For for a lot of you listening, when it comes to energy, it's almost starting to become a game now. How can I cut that bill back? Because the prices have gone up so much, we're all looking at how can we save money in certain ways. And for some of you, that's, that's what you'll have to do is just go through each area of your home and how can I cut back. So, again, how can you put more money in that, in that reserve account, in that savings account? And, and I think, by the way, that it shouldn't just be a savings account. It ought to be in cash. That was one of the things I wanted to mention in this particular segment. Have cash. Small bills. Not hundreds. Twenties. Tens. Fives. Ones. And again, you're saying, why? Why does that matter? Because when times get tough, if something major were to happen, yes, currency will still be traded for a while. It won't be forever, but it will be at first. And you want smaller bills because if all you have are hundreds and you don't need to spend a hundred, you think think you're going to get change out of that hundred? Doubtful. So have small bills, 20s, 10s, 5s, and 1s. By the way, $2 bills work great for this as well, and they're kind of a thing of the past, but you can still actually get them at the bank, and when you do, they'll be brand new. Because there's still a bunch of those that haven't been put into circulation, and you could go to the bank and say, I want you know $1,000 of $2 bills, and they'll get them for you. So just a side note, have small bills. How does gold and silver fit into all this? I, I, I'm sorry, folks, I don't think it does. 
And I know there's people out there that are going to roll over and say, what are you talking about? When times get tough, it's only gold and silver that keep you stable. I'm not talking about your portfolio. I'm talking about in an emergency, what do you use to go buy things with? It isn't going to be a gold coin. It's not going to be a silver coin. And you're again, you're asking, well, why is that? Because the value of it will be greater than what you're trying to buy. Why waste it? And depending upon how the other person is looking at it, they may not even want it. So having a stack of gold coins thinking, well, that's going to get me through the apocalypse. Well, maybe not. Because if it's not tradable, what value is there in it? A pack of cigarettes might actually be more valuable than a gold coin when it comes to trading, bartering, and doing some of those things. So, again, folks, when it comes to some of this, if there's a major, you know, a major catastrophe and I have to get food, water, different things along those lines, and I need to now purchase some things outside of what I've already stored up, how am I going to do that? And it's not the traditional methods you're all thinking. You're not going to write a check. You're not going to get your debit card out. You have to have the ability to spend money on things that you need and having those small bills or other types of commodities is what you need. All right, we'll take one last break. Uh, we'll come right back here in a moment. Don't go anywhere. This is Ready Radio. And, Charlie, you ready for me? KLZ 560. You need a roof that is going to keep you and yours protected from the Colorado elements this winter. But having a reliable, functioning roof doesn't mean you should have to compromise your bank account. Here at Roof Savers Colorado, we try to save every client from the expense of a costly replacement with a rejuvenation treatment. This 100% plant-based product gives you new roof performance without new roof costs. But sometimes a replacement is absolutely necessary. With over 20 plus years of roofing experience, we believe in helping you determine the right solution for your family. For any roofs that do not qualify for the treatment, we work with your insurance so you can get the replacement you need. Contact Dave Hart, owner of Roof Savers Colorado today, and he will inspect your roof to see if it qualifies for the treatment. Call 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCO.com today to ensure your family is protected. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? maybe some prescription sunglasses. We'll look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right, since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. 
Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream, even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. All right. Ready Radio, KLZ 560 website, ready-radio.com. John and Cheyenne is up. Go ahead, sir. Hey, you How were talking you? about having cash. I'm well, and yourself? Good. Yeah, you were talking about having some cash in your pocket yes. all the time. And I know, I know a lot of people who don't have any. I know. No, nothing. I know. And they use their eight. Well, back, and this is almost 20 years now, right before I moved out here, the summer of uh, 2003, they had that big blackout in the Northeast. Yep. In August. Yep. Right? People going into convenience stores need a bottle of water, stuff like that. No cash. I ain't got a debit. I got no power. I can't scan your card or anything else. So they weren't able, you know. The people that had a few dollars in their pocket, you know, they could buy a bottle of water. But then again, some of the stores said, I can't make change. I can't open the register. It's locked. It's electronic. Right. So if you didn't have something that was, you know, fairly <laughs> close to what you were buying, good luck. You know, like like you were saying, um, a $2 bill or a handful of singles or whatever. Or maybe just like if you needed it, you buy two big bottles of water. Here's five bucks. Move on. You right. know what I mean? Right. But having a have. What's gonna? What about um, you know? You're stuck on the side of the road and you need gas. You know, you run out of gas and you know you walk down the road. You get a gas can, and the guy says, "We only do cash because you're in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming." Uh, uh, you, know? you know, a young person would say, "We'll just Venmo you, John." Yeah. <laughs> How? When there's no power. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, again, I I don't think that – and and keep in mind, this is part of the push to go to a cashless society because ultimately we we know that that for years and years and years, the main – as far as I'm concerned, it's not really even government agencies that push to go cashless. It's it's one organization, one department called 
the IRS. The IRS would love yeah, they, to see cash go away, John, because they know they can't track it like they can electronic transactions. So they, of all agencies, are the ones pushing the most for no cash. Well, yeah, because then all those, if there's no cash, then all those people that are working under the table illegally. That's right. Now have to claim all that. Correct. <laughs> Well, and, so, and that includes, you know, that, you know workers that get tips and on and on and on we go, John. If everything goes oh, away yeah. and all cash is gone, the IRS has the upper hand. And that's one of the things I try to do whenever I can is even if I'm going to pay with a credit card, I try to tip the waiter in cash. Yeah, because that helps them out immensely. And again, what they here's how I look yeah. at it. What they do on their end with their tax situation is up to them. I am not responsible. It's not, not my business. That's I'm, right. They're adults. Just that's like right. They can, they can figure but, it out yeah. on their own. And you don't know if that boss might say, okay, the, the tips come in and I'll give it to you on Friday with the rest of your pay and not give it to them every night. That's some true. Some people may want their tips every day. That's true. So you don't know. Every, every business is different. But if you give a guy, you know, you hand him some cash, I, I, he's going to put it in his pocket. Agreed. Or at least assume so. Well, I yeah, would hope. But, John, John, really quick, out of, out of um, you know, we know cash is going to be one of those things needed, to your point a moment ago. What other type of commodities, though? I just was you know, texting producer Ann there back and forth through the, the break. You know, Vodka and cigarettes, of course, will always be tradable, I think. Uh, what other items would be good to have? Um, you know, little th- gasoline. Mm. So you have, you know, do you have 200? You, you, you know, you could go to Burdocks or whatever, Home and Ranch, and pick up a 150-gallon thing that you could keep at your house true and have 150 gallons of gasoline true or if you're a diesel guy the same thing with diesel because that would become a tradable commodity um ammo yeah ammo is a big one <laughs> ammo uh weapons i mean if you you know if when anarchy hits you're going to want your weapons but maybe you trade your extra right ar-15 for uh a hundred gallons of gasoline, right, or something. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, no, no, no. I, th- I think no. To... I think you got to think outside the box. That's exactly what you got to do. Yeah, it's going to become a barter society. What can you offer in exchange for what we have? Right. You know, I'm on a well. My well is safe because it was tested and it's been tested. So my well is safe. So I know I have safe drinking water. I have a generator. I could sell water, right, if need be. Right. You know, people on wells that know the water's safe. Or, you know, I got, right now I have two Sawyer squeeze filters. So I, I, one, I have one that I use and one's a spare, just in case of an emergency. I could sell one of those probably for a lot of money. Right. Great point. If, you know. Yep. Um, by the way, um, I don't know if you ever read up, just, and I know you're a good Christian like I am. Um, that didn't come out right, but... Um, Sawyer, you know the, how much money they donate to helping the people with water in Africa? No, I didn't. No, I, I'm going to send you a link to uh, okay. like a 10 minute YouTube vi- video. Oh, I'd watch on, it. Do that. Uh, this, this, no, this is this is a guy who does backpacking videos all the time. Okay, but he uses a Sawyer, and he found out, and he went on a trip to Africa with them. And you would just once you see this video, you say, well. Because of what they do, that's the brand I'm going to buy as opposed to Ketadine or Platypus or whatever. Right, you know right, what right. I mean? Right, yeah. Yeah. I'll, no, do that, I'll John. I'd appreciate that. Over. That'd be awesome, man. All, All right. right. 
Appreciate it. John, a- take care, man. Have a great weekend. If I don't talk to you, Jim and Byers, what's up, sir? Hey, you just hit on something I, I can tell you. Three things. Three things would be the hottest commodity that you could use for trading. Trading with it. Everybody in the world, everybody that dog would would want. Let's hear it. And it sure ain't cash. One of them. One of them is definitely talked about in the Bible. Salt. You you broke up for a second, Jim. What was that? The, the one the one item is talked about in the Bible. It's called salt. Oh yes, 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 yes. Good one. Salt. Now another one. Now, I heard this from this old woman that lived through the uh, lived through World War II, and of course my mom did too, but she never talked about it. Sugar. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, sir. Yeah. This lady was talking about during during World War II. Everybody was rationed so heavily that they only got a certain amount of sugar. Yeah, you're every right. Month that was Very true. I I'd, for, I'd forgotten about that. Great point, Jim. Okay, and then the third. Even back during the day of the Western days, uh, in, in this country, that everybody loved coffee. Yeah, good one. Most people had died to yeah. have a cup of coffee. No, that's true. No, those are all very bartable. I mean, food in general, but those three especially because, number one, you yeah. don't need coffee to survive, but people would love it. It's a luxury. Salt and yeah. sugar, your body has to have to survive, so you got to have those two. You don't have any choice. Yeah, yeah. But I'm telling you, coffee... You'd be surprised how hot coffee would be, how, yeah. how hot of a commodity. You know, yeah, the other thing, too, I, I, that I, I think, I, really quick, Jim, the other thing that I think would be a hot commodity, and this is another one that would be easy to kind of store a few of and have some extras, are are the, the small bottles of propane. Yeah, yeah. Because um, people are going to need heat. Yeah. They're going to be using that. They're not going to have... You know, natural gas in a, in a major catastrophe, natural gas is going to stop. They're going to be relying on other things, and a you know twenty five pound bottle of of uh, propane is going to become very valuable. Yeah, yeah, that's all, that's all, that's that's going to be for a limited for such for such a short time, though, John. Well, depends on how you know if, if, if there, the theory is. And again, I don't. I'm not an expert. I don't claim to be by any stretch of imaginations. I've read. All sorts of things on this, though. But if all of a sudden the Chinese came over, Jim, launched three of those balloons, and they had EMPs on them, they took the power grid of the U.S. out. Uh, Thirty, you know, as, as you know, thirty to to forty percent of the population is dead within thirty days, and it would take at least a year to get the grid back on. And you're not pumping propane, you're not pumping natural gas, you're not pumping gas. You're dead in the water for a year. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, John, and here's something. You know, a lot of people don't give much thought to a lot of the stuff we talk about. You know, even with John, I mean, even with the stuff that John brings up. Um, but I mean, uh, like one thing, I mean, you can get by if you if you if you're smart enough to figure out how to get gas out of the out of the ground from all these gas stations. Yep. Yep. And there'll be, and as you know, there'll be a limited supply, or not limited supply, limited time to even get that done. Because as you know, even if you end up with that fuel, you could make it last about. A year, year and a half, and have it be fairly stable. And again, you have to have the right product around to even make that happen. But after that, um, hopefully, the hopefully the power would come back on in a year or so because you'll be out of fuel by then. Yeah, no, exactly right. So, hey, and then I wanted to let you know. You know, um, I read this book. It's from the fifties. I can't remember the name of this book. This book was from the fifties, and this was on the the, the nuclear winter, uh, which caused a, an apocalypse. And this took place in in uh, Australia. 
And I never thought about this, but, you know, I never thought about cash being absolutely useless or even gold or silver. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, and the reason why I say have a little bit of cash is I do think within a few days of a major event like that, cash will still have some value because people won't think that things are going to be off forever, and they'll trade cash for the first week, maybe two. After that, to your point, Jim, cash will be, you might as well use it to start your fire because it'll be worthless. Well, th- what I was getting at was this guy, this was in a small community, and this gas station, I'm just going to give you the one example they used in this. So this guy in this gas station... He's selling everything. He's selling everything. He's everything. He's got all his spare tires, all of his oil. I mean, he's still selling everything. And then at the end of the day, uh, this guy walks up to him and he asks the guy, "He goes, what's what's wrong?" He goes, "You know, he goes, I had the best day of my my life selling stuff today, but he goes, I just realized all this cash isn't going to do me no good because nope. what am I going to spend it on?" That's right. It's worthless. Good point. That's a great example. <laughs> Great example. Anyway, yeah, no, because if, if you don't have the – thanks, Jim, I'll let you go. But if you don't have items to barter with at that point in time, you're, you're not going to. And, again, I, I, by no means, folks, do I, I have no idea what's going to happen. Will we enter into a stage like that in my lifetime? I have no idea. No clue. As I said a moment ago, though, the one thing that does bother me, and, and I've said this even on the main show, on Rush to Reason, on my main show daily, the thing that bothers me the most about China right now is that they're not in great shape. The press is not telling you that, but they're not in great shape. And as I said earlier, desperate people, desperate countries will take desperate measures. Now, would it help China for us to go off-grid? Not really, because we buy a lot of their goods. But, again, when, when, when countries get desperate and they're looking to do whatever they can to retaliate against things that have happened, I don't think they think all that stuff through. They don't care. They make rash decisions and do things that they probably wish they hadn't once it's all said and done. Would I put it past him to do it? I don't trust him at all. Sorry. I don't trust him at all. I do not trust the Chinese government one bit. I don't trust our government. Nonetheless, how would I trust the Chinese government? Somebody else said, uh, got a text message in, bartering with liquor stocked up on a number of airplane-sized bottles. Also, oh, That's a good idea, by the way, the small ones. Also, consumables like the aforementioned female hygiene Products, yes, folks. You, you, those are things that right away people will forget about or people will need and we forget about having in the first place. Even just having boxes of Band-Aids, not full first aid kits, just ba- regular old Band-Aids, topical cream, um, you know, y- you name it. Some, some of the antiseptic creams and so on. Th- those sorts of things will be, in, will be a hot commodity in those types of times. And again, not... By, by no means am I trying to scare anybody off. That is not the point. But as Steve House told me yesterday, we're trying to make people aware of what's going on. Trying to make people aware of what's going on. Somebody else texted in and says, I live in northern Weld County and have fiber optic to my house. Someone near Denver cut one of the lines. So cell towers and Internet were out here twice. This is today. Folks, <laughs> small examples of what could happen if on a major scale, and think about all the people that you know that if they didn't have the ability to pick up their two-way radio called their cell phone and make a phone call to bring help, what would they do? And the statistics, I don't think, by the way, are high enough. 
They say a major power outage that would take the power out coast to coast in the U.S., a third of the population dies in 30 days. I think that number is more like half. Sorry. I, you look around, and after I talked about this uh, yesterday uh, on Rush to Reason, uh, when, when I travel some and I look at the different people that are running around, and, and I'm, I'll just be frank, the stupidity of culture today, it's not going to be 30%. That number is going to be much higher. So, again, not, don't want to scare anybody, but I want us, all of us, this community, to be prepared. What can you do to be more prepared? What can you do to help your neighbor be more prepared? Uh, Mickey also, he, he texts in and, and listens to all the programs. Soap. Soap is another one. And you can make your own soap, but you're not going to have time to do that in that point in time. You're going to be just trying to survive. So, yes, having some of these you know, hygiene, hygiene items, we've talked about that in the past many times. Just general hygiene is one of those things that will automatically start to deteriorate. If we have some sort of a big EMP, it takes out all the power. The backup generators that even run some of our wastewater and our freshwater plants that are out there, that will only last for a certain amount of time. It will be just a matter of days, if not weeks, before the sewer itself starts to back up and hygiene becomes a very big deal really really quickly and we all know from just looking at other countries and so on uh not you know having having bad hygiene or bad hygiene will take out as many people as as a bomb going off would the disease and things that will come from that will be as hard on society as pretty much anything else you could think of and again this is not to scare anybody, but to make people aware, be prepared, and be looking through the things that you have that, you're, you know, that you've decided to sock away. Going back to the very first conversation this hour, though, make sure you can handle a $500 hit. All of you that are listening, that, that is a major deal. And I realize the majority of my listeners are good, solid. You, know, you guys are constitution, God-loving, God-fearing people. And for the most part, you've got that covered. But I know a lot of you know people that can't do that. And the thing would be, how do you get them to the point where they could handle a $500 hit? Because I can tell you from being somebody that's been in the auto repair world the majority of my life, I can't tell you how many people over the years would come in. You'd, you'd, you'd let them know, well, here, here's what's wrong with your car. Here's the problem. It, it wasn't much more than five, 600 bucks. They couldn't afford to fix it. I've seen that with my own two eyes, folks. So, yes, those, real, those numbers are real. They happen, and we need to try to change that as much as we can, especially especially when it's close to home inside of our own family. So, again, any information you need, go to ready-radio.com. If you have folks out there you think would make great guests or be a part of the program as far as our partners go, please reach out and let me know. I'll reach out back to them and get that taken care of as well. Uh, we'll be back. Rush to Reason will be up here in just one moment. Andy and I will be doing some movies and so on. But be prepared. Don't take this lightly. Be serious about it. And I'll see you next time on Ready Radio. and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country Station.